folks, the vibes in Winnipeg are kind of on uh, edge right now, if we're being honest. The Jets have lost yet another game. Winnipeg is seemingly falling out of their firm grip on second in the Central Division, and the Colorado Avalanche look quite resurgent as they march right up the standings, along with many other Central Division rivals, putting Winnipeg's playoff odds in the balance. We're going to dive into why the Sands continue to shift against the Jets and why March 1st could potentially be one of the biggest days in franchise history. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, just making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode tonight, it's going to be diving into what is going on with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I alluded to the fact that Winnipeg is kind of spiraling right now, you know, despite me saying that the Jets have a, a bit of an obligation to sort of swing for the fences and go all, go all in. If you look at Winnipeg's record over the, like the last 10 games, does that really look like a team that should be spending and buying right now? The Jets are basically like three and seven in their last 10 games or so, which if you're thinking about whether or not Winnipeg really should be going for it, it doesn't really look like a team that's destined uh, to be on the up and up. Their actual record is like four and six, uh, so not much better, unfortunately. And Winnipeg has 71 points right now, which, hey, don't look. But uh, that is only around uh, like three points above um, the the second wild card spot. So Winnipeg is kind of in trouble. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. The Jets are are sort of in trouble. Now, I'm not going to say that this doesn't apply to Dallas and Minnesota, but both of these teams are kind of in other areas of of the season where, you know, they actually have reasonable depth. Uh, the Wild have been really resurgent lately, uh, winning lots of games, accruing lots of points. Uh, Dallas is one of those teams that I expect to sort of bounce back. Their last 10 hasn't exactly been brilliant, but, you know, one of the things with the Stars team is that this year, They've generally been a lot deeper than the Jets have. And when you look at the number of regulation losses that they have, they uh, certainly have a lot less than the Jets right now. And in general, they're just offensively a little bit more balanced and a little bit better than what Winnipeg is putting out. I say a little bit, but the truth is they are a lot better in a, a couple of key areas. And one of the reasons the Jets have really struggled recently is something that we've talked about since the start of the season. You know, we, te- we said kind of coming into this year, 
it was going to be difficult for Bones to squeeze out more offense out of this team than he was already trying to get with, you know, some of the initial line combinations. And that has kind of unfortunately panned out to be true. While, you know, Winnipeg's offense for a few months was doing pretty well, we're seeing now kind of in these dying embers of the season that the Jets are just sort of running out of steam. Uh, A lot of the offense has really been reliant on the top two lines uh, playing at max capacity and not really being screwed with, right? The, The top two lines you had to really lean on to get that early lead and then hope that the rest of the team could essentially defend and maintain Winnipeg's advantage. But the truth is, we all kind of knew at some point that might start to run a little bit afoul of, you know, the hockey gods, PDO, all that fun stuff. And now it looks like the Jets are kind of falling into a situation where, you know, all of these mistakes and the lack of offseason movement has sort of caught up with the Jets. Now, I will say Winnipeg is very fortunate that they've built themselves a nice padded lead. Uh, but I think that the bigger concern is, you know, the Jets are essentially only three or four points above the playoff line. What is Winnipeg's plan for next week? Because you look at what's wrong with this team. You look at uh, uh, who Bones is kind of taking out his frustrations with. And you're asking yourself, this team is basically going to have to trade for like half a roster at this rate. I'm being facetious, but also, yeah, you know, I'm not entirely kidding, right? Dubois has been very poor recently. Uh, Ehlers, for some reason, despite being one of Winnipeg's most creative players, keeps getting benched uh, or given fourth line duty, which is honestly just as bad. Shifley is is kind of being asked to try and carry a lot of the offensive burden while the defense has made a couple of mistakes. And, you know, the forwards in particular are missing their assignments. So it's just a hodgepodge of errors, uh, questionable lineup decisions, Menelainen, and Appleton and other players continue continually getting promoted up the lineup while some of the skill players are asked to uh, actually go out less and less, which makes me wonder what exactly are the Jets going to do and what is Bones going to do if he finally gets new weapons to work with. I would imagine that we're going to see a return more to what you would hope for with this top nine, but unless the Jets bring in like a really elite game-breaking presence, I don't know that this is going to be enough for the Jets to really rectify what is wrong with this team. Uh, It it feels like the loss of Perfetti, which has now been uh, confirmed to be eight weeks, it has had a pretty bad impact on the top six. Uh, But we we were seeing some of these trends already with this team. And I, I do have to say, while I'm not necessarily worried about the Jets missing the playoffs outright, I do kind of wonder about their upside with how far this Jets team could go. So in just a little bit, we're going to dive into uh, what Winnipeg is up to and and hopefully try and parse out whether the Jets really should be going all in or if, in fact, instead of being buyers, maybe the Jets should be sellers. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built. Built is something I've talked about before, especially their product, Built Bars. If you don't know what a Built Bar is, it's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Obviously, a lot of you probably enjoy a sweet every now and then. I know uh, I certainly do, you know, whether it's candy bars or whatnot. But let's be real, right? Candy bars and all that sugar makes you feel a little bit guilty or, in my case, a lot of guilty, right? You know that that stuff is loaded with calories, loaded with sugar. And so you're looking for something that's a little bit healthier, right? A much better alternative. 
That's why Built Bars are fantastic. They've got great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. One of my personal favorites, a very simple raspberry dark chocolate. No matter what flavor you pick, they're really good for you, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but, you know, it's true. They are around 130 calories. They have 45 grams of net, uh, net carbs and sugar, and they come packed with 14 to 17 grams of protein. So whether you're looking for like a candy bar substitute or maybe just like a, a meal replacement, maybe a snack before you work out, no matter what your lifestyle needs are, Built Bars are there for you. And you can get them at Sam's Club and Walmart in four and 13 uh, bar boxes with some of their most popular flavors. Or head to built.com right now to customize your own personal favorites box and find the flavor just for you. I promise if you give Built Bar a chance, you'll never look back. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are diving into uh, the recent downturn in form for the Winnipeg Jets and why, you know, this trend has kind of put the Jets in a bit of a tough position. Four and six in their last 10 games, and it's not like this is necessarily a new direction. The Jets have generally been losing more games recently than they're winning, which that's not exactly how you want to uh, right into the sunset of your end of the regular season, especially with the playoffs you know, looming right around the corner and all these teams behind the Jets suddenly looking more and more like real playoff contenders. So things are uh, not great. The vibes are down. You know, bonus is making strange decisions. And all of that kind of makes you wonder, should the Jets even be buying right now? And I feel like Winnipeg basically doesn't have a choice, right? Because Connor Hellebuck remains the linchpin and kind of the foundation of this entire team. The West is still a relatively weak conference. And in a seven game series, there's enough uncertainty to where Hellebuck could probably steal you at least one to two series, right? So with Hellebuck running out of contract in a couple of years, along with a lot of the roster, you have to look at this as your last big chance to really go big or go home. And I'm kind of worried that the Jets aren't swinging big enough. Now, I'll say that the, the rumors of the interest in, in Timo Meyer is great, uh, but we're increasingly seeing more and more focus on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, there was a rumor about a package of Schmaltz and Shane Gostisbehere. From my perspective, Gostisbehere would be a pretty nice upgrade on like Neil Pionk if you uh, managed to swap those cap hits. But, you know, aside from that with Schmaltz, uh, for me, the Jets really need to go bigger and acquire and even more game-changing presence. I think Schmaltz has the potential to be something like that, but if you're acquiring another top-end defender, you really have to go for Chikrin. I don't think that just going for a, a modest second-pairing defender is going to be quite enough. Winnipeg really has to look more at essentially building, I would say, a third of this lineup, because that's how many vacancies they're basically having to fill right now. The Jets have too many players who are more focused on the defensive side of things and not contributing enough offensively. Uh, Mendelainen is really good at penalty killing. In fact, he's elite at it, but unfortunately the rest of his game at even strength tends to fall apart a bit. Uh, Mason Appleton is definitely a nice like fourth liner, but he's being asked to try and keep up with Mark Shifley uh, routinely nowadays, which you look at the right wing spot and that's probably asking a little bit too much of a guy who I think we all know isn't 
Andrew Kopp's replacement. As like a third or a fourth liner, Appleton's fine. I think in that role, he can excel. But if you're asking him to sort of be uh, your makeshift top liner, you're just not really going to see the sort of offensive impacts that you want. Same with Lowry, to be honest. Adam plays a decent amount, but he's not really contributing enough offensively to be the kind of two-way dynamo and whiz that you really want out of your uh, your third line centers. So Winnipeg has a lot of tough questions. And to be honest, I'm sort of wondering how exactly they intend to answer it. In the past, Shovel, Shovel Day Off has been very active when his back was against the wall. But I sort of wonder if we're looking at the situation and suddenly he feels, you know, maybe this isn't really Winnipeg's year. Maybe I don't want to cash all the chips in. For me, I kind of feel like that's the wrong conclusion to make. I understand it, and in some ways, you might actually say it's even defensible, but by the same token, this Jets team only has this year and next with this core. Once the the, the 2024 offseason rolls around, suddenly, you know, the Jets are basically dealt with uh, a ton of different expiring deals, players who probably aren't coming back, and of course, Dubois will have certainly been absent by then, so the Jets have a really turbulent next uh, four to five days as they need to really sort out not only the rest of the season, but ultimately the rest of this franchise's future. I think this team has the potential to be really special, and with the right moves by March 1st, they might be back to being good again this year. But the Jets can't afford to really sit back here and say, well, this isn't really our season. We should probably just sell. I think the Jets only have one real option, and that is to kind of swing big and go for it. Otherwise, this team is going to be back to the same mediocre stuff that we're used to over the last four to five years, ever since that 2017-2018 team. And at some point, you know, enough is enough. This team has to buckle down and really find uh, that next level to push for a major acquisition, something to change the, the arithmetic on this team, because we can't sit here and watch another wasted season. This team has way too much talent to be whittle, you know, wasting away and whittling away its days. And I will be very disappointed if the Jets don't swing big in just a few days. But you know, we'll let you know how they how they kind of fare and what they ultimately do and provide our thoughts as the Jets start to make their initial moves. But uh in just a little bit, I did kind of want to preview the next few games of Winnipeg's schedule and take a look more at the end of Winnipeg's schedule because, you know, like it or not. April is rolling up really quickly, and the Jets have to find a way to stay in second in the Central Division, um, lest they fall into a situation where they're fighting in the wild cards. That is not where you want to see the Jets. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I just wanted to dive into, uh, on a way out, just some of the last few games for the Jets. Winnipeg has a very interesting opportunity where they're going to play some of the league's best teams over the next few weeks. Uh, this is kind of a make or break time for Winnipeg because at this point, right, you know, everyone's consolidating their playoff teams. Everyone is kind of starting to finalize and, and crystallize their place in the standings. And in the central, it's very tight, very competitive. And with the Pacific also having a lot of teams that are starting to uh, essentially gain some traction, the the race for the wild card spots is going to put Winnipeg in a very tough position if they cannot secure a top three finish in the Central. Now, Winnipeg is going to have to get through the likes of Carolina, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, 
Um, I would say that the Kings are probably going to be a tough team. The Devils again. Uh, and I would say, oh, also Colorado. Those are kind of like your next really difficult opponents. And it's going to be spread out over the next like month and a half. But I think for the Jets, you know, you're going to have to have a better than 500 record, which is going to be challenging. I, I will say the one nice thing about the end of the schedule is that they're going to be playing the Sharks multiple times. They've got some games against the Preds, which uh, while I would say you would feel that's favorable for Winnipeg, maybe that's not exactly the case. Uh, we've seen the Jets, unfortunately, put in some real stinkers against Nashville before. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Jets are just going to have to take care of business. Uh, they're going to have to really see off the wild twice. If Minnesota, you know, if the Jets can get a couple of wins off Minnesota, I think that'll give them some really nice breathing room. The Wild are probably the one team right now that's really close to catching them. Uh, Colorado, I think, is going to eventually pass the Jets here pretty soon. So there's not really much use in crying about spilled milk if and when the Jets start dropping results to them. But the Wild are one of the few teams that I think the Jets can sort of push down the standings a bit further. And that is me being very optimistic. Uh, the Wild have played pretty well recently. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov has carried this team very effectively. The goaltending has improved. Uh, Minnesota's offense is kind of in a very tough spot, sort of like the Jets, in that you know a couple of star players are carrying them. But in general, Minnesota's defense and goaltending have locked it down a lot tighter. So for Winnipeg, you know, I don't know, man. I I don't feel comfortable with a 500 record being enough. I really sort of think the Jets are going to have to push a little bit further just because, you know, the teams below them, especially uh, from the dregs of the Pacific, those teams are catching up too. And Winnipeg, again, <clears throat> really does not want to find itself uh, fending off a, a top seed if they end up in the wild card. So for me, the Jets, I don't know how they're going to go, you know, the next few weeks. I, I really hope that March 1st kind of changes the outlook on things and that by this point, Winnipeg has some elite presence to come in to really change the way Bones is thinking and reorient this team. If he's not, <clears throat> if he's not willing to snap out of this thing where he's, he's kind of putting depth players in spots and roles that maybe don't really suit their skill sets, the Jets are going to be in trouble. If they make trades and they somehow end up with a situation where Ehlers is still playing in the bottom six, I just don't think that's going to be tenable because that's going to be a trickle down impact on the rest of the roster. And if you get Timo Meyer and he ends up in the bottom six too, you might as well just kind of uh, forfeit the rest of the year. So all of this to say the Jets have so many questions. And while I was very optimistic a few weeks ago, I'm starting to wonder if maybe my optimism was a little bit misplaced. I was really excited about the season and I feel like, you know, the first couple of months were really positive, but the Jets have taken enough of a step back to where I'm wondering you know, how are they going to finish out the season and are they going to actually end up in a favorable playoff seat to at least have some kind of like home ice advantage? That would be really nice. And it would probably give Jets fans a, uh, a fair few less heart attacks. But we know the Jets, we know they love to keep it interesting. So drop your predictions uh, on where you think the Jets are going to finish this season. Do you think they will still remain in second in the central or do you think they are primed to start falling a little bit further? Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. 
We will see you here next week as the Jets hopefully have at least a win from the weekend against the Islanders, but you know how that is. Thanks for listening, though. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go.